Welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Simuntry. That's me, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about breaking up, relationship advice, dating stories, and personal stories about some of the worst breakups, most embarrassing, or cringiest breakups of all time. So thank you for joining us today, and let's get started. Welcome back to today's episode of Breaking Up with Michaela. So today's episode is pretty exciting because I am recording in a new location. Fingers crossed we have good sound and audio quality and all of that. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be up on my YouTube channel by the time this podcast goes up. It should just about, so like, I'm trying to plan it where it will go up around the same time, but if I'm wrong, just check in later. But I'm in my new office and I am so obsessed. Oh my gosh, it is like heaven on earth. So definitely go watch my YouTube video about my office transformation when it goes up, if it's not up already. But this podcast is about dating and breaking up, heartbreak, all of that. We've got some good stories and we've been going through some guest episodes lately. I filmed a ton of guest episodes that are coming your way and I really love getting to know some more of my viewers and supporters and friends and hearing about their love lives and dating history and their advice. It is so interesting to me and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I do, but I also want to stay true to this podcast and really make sure that I have a lot of personal content implemented as well so that the focus isn't kind of like in a ton of different directions you know like I want the audience to really understand me and what I go through and I we can get to know the guests together but this is just going to be a solo episode as you can tell by the title I'm going to be talking about getting over someone that you didn't even date because Boy, I have a ton of stories, a ton of experience with this. In fact, I've got about five years of trying to do this, and I just really need to vent about it. I don't think I've ever told the full story on a platform before, so it's gonna it's gonna be good. So stay tuned. Before we get started with that, though, just some housekeeping things to go over. Number one, make sure that you are subscribed, whether that is on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever podcast platform. If you have the ability to hit follow or subscribe, definitely do this so you don't miss an episode. I do post an episode every single Thursday morning, but I know that life can get crazy, so it's nice to just have a notification tell you that a new episode is out. Number two, please leave five stars in the app review on Apple Music. This will help me so much, and it just takes two seconds. Five stars, you don't even have to really leave a full out written review. If you can, that would be great, but this would just help me tremendously, especially since this is a newer podcast, just to get you know, the podcast up off the ground and running. Okay, third thing to let you know is I have merch, Breaking Up Podcast merch. I have it linked in the podcast description. You can find it on my YouTube channel under any YouTube video. You can go onto the podcast's Instagram, Breaking Up underscore pod, and there will be a link to the shop as well as photos about merch, but highly recommend checking it out. And huge shout out to those that have already bought items and supported me with their purchase of merchandise. It looks so cute. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. It means the world. Last thing on that, if you want to show your support, we also have listener support. It's kind of like a monthly subscription, but you can choose the rate and it's just to show your support basically. So that is also in this description as well. 
But with all of that being said, (laughs) I really want to get into my first kind of experience with trying to get over someone that I didn't even date because it took over five years to do so. And I, I found it so confusing at the time because I was so young, but the feelings were just so strong. Uh, it's going to be a long story, but hopefully you enjoy. It's pretty juicy and <laughs> talks a lot about boys from my high school. That's for sure. So before we get into that, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. In case you didn't know, this podcast officially has merch. If you like the Breaking Up podcast logo, then you'll love the hoodies, t-shirts, phone cases, mugs, socks, like you name it, that we have available for purchase. I felt super inspired by my creation of the logo with the hand squeezing the heart that I wanted to make some collections of merchandise, so definitely check it out. I tried really hard to design something for everyone, so there are a lot of options, colors, sizes, styles. We have pastels. We have an After Dark collection of just all black with white text and logo for more of a minimal or emo vibe, which I love. Some have the logo printed small and subtle and other pieces have it in the middle. I just really tried to find something that anyone and everyone could enjoy. Definitely check it out and see for yourself. You can shop the Breaking Up merchandise at teespring.com slash store slash Michaela dash or I know it's a lot easier to just click a link, so that will be in the podcast description as well. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well, and even on the podcast's Instagram at breakingup underscore podcast in the description of that account. I have a coupon code for you listeners too, so if you use the code BREAKINGUP in all caps, you'll receive 15% off of your total purchase. This is another great way to show your support of the podcast. Even if you just give it a glance, I'd really appreciate it, so go check out my merch. This podcast wouldn't be made possible without listeners like you. And if you want to get more involved to help support the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash Michaela and click the support button. It only takes a couple seconds, but your donation can really help sustain the future of this podcast. So if you want to support the show and get more involved, consider becoming a listener supporter today. And we're back. Okay, so time has come. Let's talk about it. I'm surprisingly a little nervous. I didn't see this coming. In fact, this podcast episode was one of the first episode ideas that I wrote down when I was first brainstorming what type of content to put out there. And I just found, I just thought this would make such a good episode because it's something that I went through. I even went back and read a ton of old journal entries during this time because I didn't know if I wanted to share those entries with you directly. After reading them, I decided maybe not because they're really personal and it just sounds like a young adult romance novel, to be honest, or like a young adult Netflix movie. (laughs) So I figured I would just talk to you as if you're one of my friends at a sleepover or we're out to coffee or happy hour and I'm telling you the story for the first time. So basically, this starts way back when and oh my god, I can't even start... This doesn't even have a starting point. That's how, like, in my life this guy was. But um, I guess just to start in the middle, <laughs> end of high school, actually, high school was over. End of summer after senior year, right before going off to college, I ended up finally um, 
kissing someone that I had a crush on for like my entire life. I'm pretty sure the extent of that crush was mutual and that's why I was like, oh, I don't even know when the story really starts because I've known this kid my whole life. You know, we went to school our whole lives. I remember him in kindergarten. I remember us in sixth grade when he told me I had a unibrow and I went home and trimmed my eyebrows for the first time. (laughs) And I remember us in seventh grade getting in trouble in English class after I thought he stole my pencil and really my pencil was just under my binder and we sat next to each other every single day and immaturely flirted and just kind of, you know, we were kids, but he was always there and I always thought he was cute. Um, 10th grade, we, oh, I feel like we were just on the brink of dating, like texting, trying to go out on dates. He did, in fact, take me out on a date and we were hanging out and it was just so new and scary and I was so young. I got him a birthday present in his car. Like we were freshly 16, you know, brand new cars and I got him like chocolate, I think, and a gift card, something very small, but it was his birthday and I liked him. So, and I just thought, you know, when he opened that in his car, he'd kiss me to say thank you. And you could tell we were both like, I want to do it. But then like neither of us did it. So eventually I just turned around and was like, okay, thanks. Bye. And like got out of the car. Uh, so I feel like this pent up feeling was there for our entire lives. And finally, at the end of summer, right before we were venturing out to college, the opportunity had come and I like everything I waited for my whole life happened. And I was so happy for that one night. It was such a good memory I lived off of that high of that night all school year at college, but it also sucked because I held back my emotions that night with him for what I considered to be protecting my heart in a few days, like literally 72 hours. He was going to be flying off to the East Coast for school, and you know, in like two days, I was going to be driving to Ohio for my school. A relationship at this point was just out of the question, although I was... I've always been such a romantic where to me it's like long distance wouldn't even I would be down for it because I have I have such a romantic heart where I would do anything for someone that I at the time liked or loved but realistically a relationship was out of the question we were young it was the last few nights of summer it didn't really matter if the feelings were there because I was protecting my heart and I just knew that I would end up hurt if I let this go any further because he was going off to school and so was I and our futures were not adding up at that point. So when you look at it from like a very, very black and white situation, you could basically just say that I hooked up with a boy before college one night and that was it. But here I am like all through college, first year, second year, like graduating from college and this kid is still in my mind. And I've had friends shake me on the shoulders being like, you need to get over him or you weren't even dating him. And I have so many journal entries of friends telling me stuff like this. But for the longest time, I could not get over him. And what's crazy is we didn't even date. We didn't even communicate. But we did for a little bit. And I really, that's why I don't know how to like start the story because I know the feelings were there. And that's what made this so hard because not only were we trying to start a new chapter of our lives in college and going through so many transitional phases in our lives, just 
living in a new state, meeting new people, trying to find our friend groups and classes. And that transition can be really tough. And we threw in some pretty heavy emotions with that as well. And it it messed with him. I could tell because we were texting um, for the first couple of months of school because we missed each other. And like I said, the feelings were there. So we were saying some mushy-gushy stuff over text. Um, and I remember he... He called me a few times, and one time he called me, he was very, very stressed and distraught, and I was sitting out in the parking lot of my dorm picking dandelions, and what's crazy is I still have those dandelions in my journal because that was the last time I heard his voice, and this is where I I am such a romantic and... I put those dandelions in my journal with a little snippet of our conversation and how I saved the flowers, and I noticed as I taped them in that the flowers were dying already, and I used that as sort of like a metaphor for us because that was the last time that we talked on the phone, and he didn't know what to do. He just kept saying, I know that I really like you and all this stuff, but like, I can't, like, (sighs) I don't want to get too much into his life because this podcast is going to be focusing on me and how I dealt with it, but it made it harder because even though we weren't together, we were talking and it was almost like a forbidden type of relationship situation and the feelings just, you couldn't deny them. Um, He got into a relationship pretty much right after we stopped talking I remember because he mentioned it on the phone a few times that he was having some conflicted feelings and that he eventually like needed to stop talking to me to pursue this other relationship. Very healthy, very great. He probably got over me because it was a little high school fling, you know? And for some reason I stuck like I it, he stuck. I just I tried so hard to figure out why, and I think it does have to do with romanticizing so much because growing up, your only experience with love and happy ever after is your environment. So for me, it was my parents. My only experience, my only like idea of love is that mom and dad, you know, went to school together, met in junior high, dated in high school, got married after high school, and they had me. Growing up, I always thought that was normal, you know, meeting someone young and getting married young and having kids young. I didn't realize until I was probably a preteen that it wasn't common for parents to be so close in age to their kids as mine were and that a lot of my friends' parents were a lot older. So flash forward to me in high school, the whole time, the whole time in middle school even, I am thinking this is the time when I meet my husband. This is when I don't even know it and he's right there sitting next to me in class. So this idea definitely probably messed with me a little bit because I was having strong feelings for this kid in high school and already thinking like this is normal, like we could end up up together because that's what happened with my mom and dad. And, you know, as I grow and learn in my young and mid-20s now, That was a very unique situation to marry your high school sweetheart, and I think their story is beautiful and romantic, and I'm so happy for them, and I realize now that's not pretty, that's not common, and I'm still so young, and I need this time to be independent and figure out who I am before I decide to get married or have kids, but 
at the time when I still had a very sheltered idea of love and life and when I should get married, this guy from high school, in my head, it was like a missed opportunity because the story would have been so great. And that's why I say I'm such a romantic because in my head, it was like, oh my God, we've known each other our whole lives. Like we have all these stories from middle school and lower school and like he watched me grow up and he knows things about me that nobody else in the world could know, yet there's still so much to learn about each other. And every single like teen movie on Netflix or in the theaters, it was always about falling in love with someone that you didn't realize was always in your life. And that's all I knew. So I thought it was very normal. And I think that's why I was so hung up on him because in my mind it was, this is supposed to work. This is supposed to be that romantic story. This is supposed to be that love story that everyone talks about and is picture perfect. And it wasn't. And I had such a big idea of who he was in my head that I firmly believe now that if, if even if we were to somehow meet up again, who knows how compatible we are now. Six years later, we are completely different people. I don't even know if we would have worked. These are realistic thoughts that, you know, at 19, it didn't really hit me. Um, but yeah, so for years, I was writing poem after poem about him. I was writing journal entry after journal entry about him. I even have this one poem where I make a promise to myself that I would give it five years. And after five years, if I still have feelings for him, then I'll do something about it. But I'm just going to give that timeline, you know? And I also had it in my head that at our five-year high school reunion, we'd look at each other from across the room and like cut to us making out somewhere, which is insane because I chose not even to go to my high school reunion. (laughs) So I also am pretty sure I was dating my boyfriend at the time as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, he was just in my head. He lived in my brain for years and I made promises to myself that, you know, after five, I would just give it five years and then I have to be done thinking about him. Cut five years later and you know, he is in my mind occasionally. He probably always will be because he is a huge part of my childhood. I mean, not huge because it's not like we were actively in our... I mean, he's a part of my childhood. I don't even have to justify that. But I'm okay where I am. And I understand God's plan, the universe's plan. So I'm, I feel good with where I am. But I never understood the emotions that I went through. I never really understood why I had such a hard time with this boy because from my friend's perspective I was with him one night like what the heck um and from mine it was like oh I've loved him all these years and we're perfect and this is such a great love story it's hard to disconnect from those thoughts to reality sometimes something that one of my friends said when we were 19, freshman in college, you know, this was like maybe six months after that one night with this boy. I was still talking about him, still hoping to see him. I probably mentioned something like I want to get coffee with him that summer because I was just in my head. The only thing I wanted to do was to talk to him because I missed him and I wanted to make sure he was okay. And my friend was getting so annoyed with me because I would not shut up about this boy. And she told me that the only reason I'm so hung up on him still is because at this point in my life, he is the best I had ever had. And I don't mean that in like a sexual innuendo of like best I ever had by Drake. I mean it more in like he is the greatest 
memory of um of a relationship that you have because you don't have any other experience with guys yet. So no wonder it's going to be such a monumental moment in your mind because you have nothing else to compare him to. So she was right. And a few years of Tinder and dating, I see what she means because I have had so much more real relationship feelings and experiences and connections that what I felt with this boy was skinny love. Skinny love is one of my favorite terms from the song, you know, the song Skinny Love by Birdie. If you look up the term skinny love, I don't know if this is slogan, you know, like slang. I don't know if this is more slang or an actual definition, but skinny love refers to two young lovers that are too shy to admit the feelings that they have for one another. So it's associated, at least in my mind, with mostly high school relationships or crushes. And to me, that's kind of what I had with this guy in high school. What's interesting, though, is how that type of love or like earning, yearning for love stuck with me. And I tried a lot of things to get him out of my mind. I wrote him a letter once, and I actually read that letter out loud in a YouTube video that's up on my channel. It's from like 2015, but I'm sure you can still find it, called A Letter to the Boy Who Broke My Heart. And I found this to be super helpful because I had so many things I needed to tell him. I just wrote it all in this letter. And by posting it, in my mind, I hope that he has seen it at this point. And at that time, that's all I wanted. I just really wanted him to see it. He didn't have to tell me anything. I just needed that recognition, you know? I just needed him to have seen it. I also started my YouTube channel at a time when I was very hung up on this guy. I don't want to say I started my channel because of him, because I started my channel for so many reasons. But I did recognize that, you know, success is the best revenge in a lot of cases. And I wanted to show him that I could be successful and that I could strive and that maybe he would see me and miss me and reach out and we could work it out. That's almost, I don't want to use the word desperate because desperate sounds negative, but that is how badly I wanted something from him. That's how badly I wanted him. And what's crazy is here I am like five years later with 20,000 subscribers and a podcast and I have to thank him for giving me that drive to try to be successful because it's led to my life right now. But I've tried so many things to get over him and honestly, the best thing that had helped was time, but also dating. My first serious adult relationship helped me bury these feelings that I had for this boy. And I don't want to, it sounds bad, but like I was still thinking about him in like more of a romantic high school-y way. I don't know. It's hard to explain because I was over him. But how, how do you get over someone you didn't even date? And that what, that, that's what I was dealing with. He was more so just like, a mystery, like a figment of my imagination almost that I couldn't shake because it wasn't real. So it was always just a fantasy. Now at 24, I mean, that was five years ago, 
I feel good about it. Like, I'm over him. I think I will always wonder, you know, what if. And if I could go back in time, I would definitely do things differently. I was so worried about protecting my heart. And I really, really wish that I would have just led by my heart more and gotten hurt because I should have put myself out there. You know, I I went home. I protected myself. I didn't see him when he wanted to hang out again before we both left for school because I was so afraid of having more intense emotions and feelings that I just didn't want to get hurt at all. But in the end, I left myself hurting years later because here I am wondering, oh, what if? So I do know that if I went back in time, I wish I was a little bit more reckless. You know, I wish I was a little bit more in the moment and carefree and just, yeah, kiss that boy, you know? And <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess you always look back at your younger days, you know, your teenage years with those rose-colored glasses just envying the um, whole idea of not having to worry. So that was that. That was that story. And I I thought this would be a lot more therapeutic for me, but it's just making me a little bit more nervous and stuttering a lot. <laughs> um, my biggest takeaway from that, though, was definitely that, you know, everything does take time. Time does heal wounds. I don't want to say all wounds, but healing isn't linear. You can feel really good and then some some days just feel horrible. Healing is not linear. So this has been an ongoing thing for years. And like I said, I think he will just always have a place in my heart for being my adolescent years of youth and like exploration. I don't know. And I thank him for that. So, yeah, I don't think it, you can get over someone that you didn't date because for that very reason that you didn't date them. So you can't get over them the same way that you would get over an ex-boyfriend. So he's not the only guy that I had a hard time getting over. Before I had my first real relationship, I was definitely on Tinder trying to find a boyfriend, which ugh, it's not the best place to look. <laughs> Uh, instead, I just got a lot of guys that weren't looking for relationships, and I was not experienced enough to catch those red flags or even realize that I was wasting my time. So while they were being clear about not wanting to date someone but still hanging out with someone, in my mind it was like, okay, that's fine because you're going to fall in love with me and catch feelings and we'll just date then. <laughs> um, it didn't happen like that, as you could imagine. So I ended up catching feelings again for boys that ultimately just didn't really care for me. Um, and maybe, you know, to their defense, they would say that they cared for me, but they just weren't looking for a relationship. Uh, but to me, again, being young and naive and very, very romantic, I just romanticized everything and thought this was our perfect love story. So I want to go through two situations of guys that I didn't date but had a hard time getting over off of Tinder. The first one, we matched. We went on a few dates. I went over to his place. It kind of went quickly to like Netflix and chilling, you know, and I knew since pretty much day one that he was moving to a different state in like six weeks. 
And in my head, I'm dating around. I'm having fun. Like, no worries. We'll just enjoy the time we have now. And then, like, to me, I really romanticized the idea of long distance growing up because my parents for a while were also long distance when my dad was in the Navy. And I just thought it was manageable, doable. I was totally open to it. I think I still am, but I understand it a lot more now. Um, So I would romanticize it because in my head it was like super romantic that someone would go the distance for me and I would do that for someone. If Plus I'm super independent, so I need my space. And so the idea of like having my own space and having a boyfriend long distance that still cares for me would work perfectly. And that's why whenever I was single, I always imagined somebody like on tour, like a musician or someone that travels for work would be perfect for me because I need the space to like create and be myself, but I also want to miss them and spend time with them. So that was a little side tangent. Um, anyway, I knew from day one that he was moving away and I just thought it was fine. I'm like, great. Um, flash forward to like the week before he's going to move when I am madly in love with him and he doesn't care about me at all and it's killing me. Um, He moves away, kind of ghosts me, but not really. Like this guy was too chill where he was just like, we can still be friends. Like, yeah, like we're good. Um, And he would text me and snap me and it would be very like low key and friendly. And in my head, I'm like, do you even miss me at all? Eventually, though, I kind of drifted away from responding to his texts and Snapchats because I was trying to move on and I was on Tinder and meeting other people and I just knew that he didn't care for me and I had these feelings, but I also wasn't over that high school boy and I'm starting to realize that boys suck and they get into your head, you know? So with this situation, I think it took me maybe like five months, I want to say. Like, he moved in December, and I think by spring, I no longer cared whether or not he saw my Snap story, which is a very, like, millennial viewpoint on love and heartbreak, but it took pretty much all winter to get over him, but by then I was healed, and again, time, distancing, It's hard, though, because we didn't have that breakup. There was nothing concrete for me to go off of, and it's almost, I mean, it is easier to have that now that I've had both. Um, Yeah, so that one was pretty straightforward. The other Tinder boy, though, kind of did give me that concrete breakup. At this point, I think I was about to move home from dropping out of college, so I was coming back to Minnesota, and I thought that was the answer to our issues because... This Tinder boy and I kind of had a thing over the summer. I think it was also very chill. Like, we hung out a few times, but he kept his distance. And I just thought, you know, we're busy. But looking back, I think he was just trying to keep his distance so that I wouldn't get too romantically involved or invested. And in my head, I moved back to Minnesota means we can date now because I'm not moving away. I'm not going back to school. Um, so we hang out a few times and he eventually does tell me, you know, like to be blunt, I'm not looking for anything and I don't have the same feelings for you that I did over the summer. Um, and this broke me a little bit. I wouldn't call this my first heartbreak, but it definitely was like the first real hurt that I felt because no other boy had told me that they didn't have feelings for me yet in my life. Um, 
so it was hard to read and receive that information. Lucky for me, though, I was getting on a plane the very next morning since he told me this, and I remember that plane ride very clearly because I just turned on Spotify, I listened to Brandy Carlisle, who I love, closed my eyes and just cried, slept and cried to the sad music. And I think having that transition of leaving school, moving back home, like, Even though it was a very familiar environment, it was still new because I was living out of state for school and now I was moving back home. It was still a transition. And so having that to kind of distract me really helped. Also, he moved away as well. So he was no longer in the same area. And I think that would have just made it harder too, not knowing if I'd run into him, which actually is going to be another podcast theme episode coming up soon is running into exes because oh my god I did not realize that this would be such an issue but it's been happening a lot to both me and my boyfriend when we're out together so I thought it'd be kind of fun to do an episode on running into my exes but yeah so ultimately I think it's very common to have a harder time getting over someone that you didn't even date which can sound so silly and I didn't really understand it but hopefully other people out there can relate to this because I felt kind of unjustified for having these feelings for a while, especially with the boy from high school. And I know that story had been like fantasized in my head for years and I thought he would be like my Troy Bolton and we'd have such an like amazing young love love story. And I think 19-year-old Michaela will always have those feelings for him because at that point in my life, like we had so much history But at the same time, we had none, you know, like I could make a big deal out of all these little stories that we had from growing up together. But he was always just the boy next door, never like my friend. And like, I don't know how to explain that, but, you know, he was just always there. And then one day he was like really there. And then a few days later, he wasn't there at all to summarize. (laughs) But. I wanted to share a few of my writings about him, and that's why I went back and, like, read some of them, but, oh my gosh, I can't even get through them now because they're so, like, what's the word even? Just, like, teen romance-y, love-y. I just can't do it because I'll make fun of myself, but the feelings were there for sure, and with that, I mean, I feel like it's just harder to get over someone that you didn't even date because... You don't have that breakup to fall back on, so you don't get that closure. And that's what I was missing, is the closure. I never got the closure. And for years, all I wanted was to run into him, to have him text me, to see something that would make him text me, and have that opportunity to get coffee, to talk about it. And for so long, my freshman year of college, I was determined. I was like, this summer, I'm just going to ask if he wants to meet up and get coffee, I don't even think he came home that summer. I think he stayed in his college town. So it was just out of my own control. And because I never got that closure, I think that's why I relied so heavily on these fantasies and everything that I would write about him or see on social media. I had nothing to really, oh my God, sorry, I just, a memory just came flashing back. This is what made it so hard. Winter break, freshman year of college, he's already dating this girl, like I said. So, sorry, I feel like this is so jumbled, but I just remembered this one detail that I really need to mention. So, like I said, 
we talked on the phone for the last time when I picked dandelions and he quickly publicly started dating this girl. Um, a few months later, we are home for winter break and I'm at this New Year's party with all of my high school friends and one of my friends mentions, oh my gosh, I sat next to this boy on the plane, like my boy, like the boy from our high school. I don't want to say his name, obviously. And the girl looks at me and she goes, he asked about you. And I guess they were just talking and he asked her, you know, how's Michaela? And that alone did something to me inside. Like my heart, it was such a, it, it hurt, but it felt good. I don't know how else to explain it. Like my heart hurt because I missed him and I knew that he at that point was still thinking about me, but you know, it felt, so it hurt, but I mean, it felt good because it meant that he was still thinking about me and it gave me a little false idea of hope. And I really held on to that because whether or not he was over me, in my head, I was like, he's still thinking about me. He's not over me. He asked her how I was doing because he cares and he loves me. So that didn't help me get over him, but it also just, I didn't get that. So what was I trying to get at? Oh yeah. I didn't get the closure. That's what I was trying to say. Um, it just fed into all of my fantasies on what could still happen because we did not have that closure because in my mind he was still thinking about me and I still held on to the hope that we could someday reconnect. And I mean, (laughs) I even mentioned that reunion fantasy, right? Like this is crazy and I fully understand how insane this sounds, but it was such a young love that I never understood how to recover from, which is why I say I think 19-year-old Michaela will always love him and have that place in her heart for him. Granted, you know, at 24, like I said, I don't even know if we would be compatible now. And I've had so many more experiences to ground me. And time really does help with all of that and relationships. But I think it's completely fine, though, to have those people in your heart from your youth, though. Like, we will probably always hold on to certain people from our childhood, whether they're ex-friends that are no longer in each other's lives or relationships or people that you just had to cut out of your life. I think there will always be a place for them. I have friends that are no longer my friends, but growing up were my best friends. And I will always have a place in my heart for them and our memories and for knowing each other at a time in our lives when nobody else can know me, you know, like only they will truly know who I was and what I went through. So I will always love them for that. And if they ever needed anything, like I would be there for them. But I also understand that right now, like we're not in each other's lives because we've just grown up and we've grown apart. And, you know, it's funny with like friendships, how you don't really break up with friendships. You can, but like usually you just grow apart. Whereas with guys, you have like a very concrete breakup. But with this high school boy, it was definitely more of like a friendship breakup, which was gradual and pretty emotional. But, you know, he will always still be in my heart for that time in my life. And I will always respect him and love him for that. But he is kind of like a ghost. And that is something else that I wanted to bring up. So the same friend that told me, you know, the only reason you're so hung up on him is because at this point in your life, like he's the best you've ever had. You have nothing else to compare him to. 
She also is the one who introduced me to this saying, which I think is also an essay or a book, but the the sentence goes, all love stories are ghost stories. And it still helps me to this day with any past relationship, but I found so much comfort in that because he is a ghost. He haunts me. And I think every love story that no longer exists becomes a ghost story. And there are, like, this city is a ghost town to me because every single place, every restaurant, parking lot, like, high school, those places have hauntings. They have memories of guys that I was once in love with. So, to me, this city is a ghost town full of ex-lovers, and I love that idea. I'm so happy that she shared this writing with me because... I feel it in my heart, you know, like this kid from high school, he's he's become a ghost and he's no longer a person. He's just in my mind haunting me and I see his ghost. I don't see who he is today. And that is just part of, you know, trying to get over someone that you didn't even date because they become a ghost. <laughs> I'm trying not to sound too redundant in this, but I also feel like I have so many thoughts about it. I just want to make sure I say it all. And that's something else I've been kind of learning as I go with this podcast is sometimes I will write out like a very thorough outline for what I want to talk about, but then I kind of sound like I'm just reading a script and it's not very emotional or from the heart. And so lately I've just been plugging in the mic and winging it and this is what you're getting. So hopefully it's a lot more authentic and kind of like we're just chatting on the phone or FaceTime. Um, And hopefully you like that. I would love some feedback too. So let me know what's working and what's not working. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's my story on trying to get over someone that you didn't even date. I don't even know if this was helpful because I struggled with it so much. Like, I don't even know how resourceful this could be. I felt like I was just kind of venting about what I went through. But if you have any words of wisdom or anything that you can relate to, I would love to hear about that. So definitely let me know. Um, Like everything though, I think time was just my greatest blessing. Time is also such a thief and a curse. And I just wanted this space and this time to share some of my thoughts. So thank you to anyone listening. As we wrap up, I always end each episode with a quote. Today's quote for this episode comes to you by Dr. Seuss, and he goes, Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. And every moment is a memory. (laughs) But this is the one that when I read it, I just knew I wanted to feature in this episode because it hit my heart a little harder than the others, a little differently, because if you did not know, I kind of like scanned through a ton of quotes and I'm looking for the perfect one. And this one stuck out because... I mentioned in this episode, you know, how I'm good where I am now, but if I could go back, I regret not leading with my heart more and taking that chance. And now, you know, every moment becomes a memory. And I have all these memories of, you know, guys that I had a harder time getting over because I didn't even date them. And that's something that my friends gave me a lot of SHIT for, you know, with the whole, you know, shaking my shoulders saying, you guys didn't even date, yet here I was. So, hung up over him. So I just thought that quote was sweet and super fitting and simple, but you know, it's true. Every moment becomes a memory and you may never 
know the value of a moment until it's over and it becomes that memory. And now I value a lot of moments that have become memories. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate you. Definitely don't forget to give this a five-star rating, leave a review, and I'll see you next week, next Thursday morning with a new episode. Bye! If you want to get involved, have feedback, or perhaps your own story you'd like to share, please email me at breakingupwithmikayla at gmail.com, or you can reach out to any of my social media and send me a DM. I'm always looking for future guests, so if you want to save your story for an episode to guest star on, be sure to mention that in your message as well. Don't forget to leave five stars, subscribe, and have a nice day.